Hi, it's Milo here, and you might be used to hearing Nate's voice at moments like this, but this time it's my voice, and maybe that means it's better or worse, but we're not sure. But the reason I'm talking to you right now is because I forgot to plug the stand-up show when we were on the actual podcast. So, on the 21st of November at the Seckford in London, which is at 34 Seckford Street, at 8pm, you can come and see me host a free stand-up show with uh, these great comedians. We've got Pierre Novelli, Pope Lonergan, Charlie Dinkin, and Jamie Fraser. It's going to be really great. You should come down. You can meet me. You can ask me about soup or whatever. And uh, it'd be really great to see you guys there. Okay, thanks. In exciting news out of the United States, it appears as though uh, Democrats have made significant gains in the House of Representatives. However, Republicans also managed to flip some seats. Included in some of their winnings was uh, one of the Nevada uh, congressional seats where Dennis Hoff, a pimp who has been dead for only three weeks, has been elected. Uh, Josie, Milo, have you guys heard anything about any other any other Republicans getting elected in the states? Uh, yeah, wasn't there a guy who got elected in uh, in Wyoming who was just sort of a scarecrow made out of turkey preserved in formaldehyde? I heard that there was a piece of paper, but it was white. It was a really big piece of white paper, and it just said Republican written on it in a very shaky biro, like drawn by <laughs> drawn by the hand of almost a ghost. Yeah. And that was elected. Oh, yeah. See, but I, I like spooky candidates. Yeah, Those are my favourite ones. <laughs> oh, do you know what? That would be fun if there was yeah. an election, but all the candidates were a bit spooky. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes. I'm. I'm. Vo- I'm voting for zombified Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Republicans wouldn't even have to do anything. All their candidates are ghouls. So nice. I know. I, do you know the thing that genuinely scared me is that there was a, I think it's a con- congressional district, but please, I'm so ignorant. I'm from Britain and I'm just watching things like it's a, like it's a fun game show. But it, there was a guy in Illinois who was literally from the Nazi party and then got into the Republican party and lost, but got like 56,000 votes. I hate Illinois Nazis. That's not what said. No, so there's, so I don't know if you're familiar with the film, The Blues Brothers. Oh, sure. Do you know, I've still not seen it. Can you imagine? Nearly 40 years on this earth. Oh, Not no. Seen it. Well, there you go. You need Inter- to check interestingly, in interestingly, one of them actually was elected as a fictional character to a Republican seat in Delaware. What? <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, he had Republican written across his glass. It shows the stage we're at that that was like, well, wait, what, really? <laughs> and theme song. Hello, welcome back again to this, your free episode of TF. Hello, once more, I guess I'm going to say this time, because I'm still bad at opening the show. I've never gotten good at it. We've been doing it for so long. You know, actually, I just had a thought, because Trash Future is all one word. Isn't it technically just T? <laughs> oh, no, we're, um, we are Tony Soprano being addressed by his friends. Hey, T. Hey, oh. Hey T, you want uh, you want one of these uh, mink coats? <laughs> uh, go out, go out there, get yourself any sandwich you want, okay? No, I love when fucking Maddie Bevilacqua or Sean Gismonti like try to talk to him in the urinal, and they're like, "Hey T, what's going on?" He's like, "Tony, Tony." <laughs> <laughs> when I got my dick out, it's Tony, okay? <laughs> um, I am joined today by Milo Edwards. It's me, uh, Hussein. Uh, in slight absentia, he's wrapping up uh, an interview for his press job, but he'll be grabbing a mic and joining us in a moment. And Josie Long. Hello. It's my pleasure and my joy to be here. I'm on maternity leave. I have no brain. 
uh, and I basically feed a child using my body. That's all I do. That's all I am. Congratulations on being elected to the Republican Party for <laughs> on a family's first platform. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Are you showing your young child boobs? Because I'm not sure that should be allowed. Well, we're going to get to Roger's later. I cover later. them with a white sheet. <laughs> it's a child, Josie. Are you sick? <laughs> no, we use um, we use orthodox rules. We cover all of Josie in a white sheet, and then just cut out one little hole, and it's fine. No, it's what, the- two holes, surely. Oh. Well, I guess it only has one mouth. You could use you yeah, could be, the, the left breast is the devil's breast. <laughs> <laughs> the left breast wants to make Europe multicultural and like and, and wants to do cultural Marxism. <laughs> oh my god. That'll be the oh, new Can I tell you guys the first time I ever heard the phrase liberal elite in real life? Ooh. Right? So it's before Brexit. And all my family live in Kent, which is very wrong and bad. Right? Agreed. And I have to go down and visit them in fucking Kent, which I chose to leave. Some 18 years ago, right? And I was down visiting some family in Kent and I was getting the train back up. And there was a guy who was about 40 years old. He was obviously a white man and he was um, sort of dressed in quite a, um, uh, what's the word? Smart attire. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he was arguing with the woman on the um, gate uh, Mm. to get off the train. Yeah, the ticket barrier, thank you. And... um, the woman on the ticket barrier, he hadn't bought an upgrade for the high-speed train, right? Uh-huh. And he was so angry at her that he was getting really shouting. And then after like this little shout, he just shouted, liberal elite. It's just on its own. Just like, <laughs> liberal elite. their ticket barriers. <laughs> yeah. the, li- the liberal elites are trying to make it so you can't, uh, so you can't <laughs> yeah. get to Maidstone quickly. Well, we can't leave Maidstone. Uh, he was like, he, you stay down in You Kent. stay down in Maidstone. Because we the, we the baristas own all of London. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't exactly. get it. We are the yeah. literal gatekeepers. All of these people are so frightened of just like a woman with short purple hair. It's great. <laughs> um, so we've got some stuff. Oh boy, do we have some stuff. Some things Ooh. happened this week. I'm uh, excited. I don't know if you guys have known, but the news kept going. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I've heard about things. I don't have to start. I don't really like them. <laughs> Recently, it's not been going well for things. So I'm, yeah, I don't, I'd prefer their earlier work. I'm interested in transitioning to stuff. I think maybe if we started paying attention to stuff, mm-hmm. st- we could start with now defunct Stuff Magazine, for example. Now Aww. stuff is something that could get elected to the Republican Party. That's <laughs> was, just a pile of stuff. Was stuff like nuts? Or was stuff like... Oh, it was like a tech magazine. Wasn't oh, it? wait, was it? I but I think it was a tech you. magazine that had some tits in it. Because <laughs> there was that there was that point in history where you couldn't not have tits in a magazine. Well, do you Unless it was like the London Review of Books. I don't think they ever <laughs> went to But even then tits. they had like an arty picture on the front. Well, <laughs> I, I, was, I, I, I was talking about this um, uh, earlier this morning. Do you remember when every single like comedy aimed at oh. sort of 16 to 24 year olds had two obligatory boob scenes yes yeah, I, I feel like every comedy still in America has a scene where they go around the strip club for no reason just, just deal looking. with that yeah <laughs> and I whenever I see it I'm like this is the laziest writing I've ever seen everyone has seen this 5,000 <laughs> times it's like stop it's, it's like also how like do they think like because I, I was thinking of some film like Grandma's Boy which I mean to be honest was very um, foundational to my sort of 14 year old self <laughs> it's What's a film about getting boy? sex on WhatsApp <laughs> <laughs> what's Grandma's Boy uh, I think it's a movie about a guy no, that's the ringer where Johnny Knoxville rigs the Special Olympics. They all run together for me. <laughs> what? Hang on, wait there. I'm, I'm googling the. That um... is like something one of the Trump children would do: rig the Special Olympics. <laughs> so they went, and Eric Trump has won the Special Olympics. Mm, they don't need to rig it. Yeah. Okay, grandma's. Oh, so they've got a, a chimpanzee in one of the scenes. Oh. 
This is a spicier film than I first thought. <laughs> Doris <laughs> Roberts. Oh. <laughs> okay. Got Joe Rogan looking at a chimpanzee. A video game oh, yeah. creator, great start, uh-huh. finds himself homeless and moves in with Lily, his wacky grandmother. Mm. High jinks of Who fit. is a chimpanzee? <laughs> So there you go. Thank you. I mean, I, I spent a lot of my of my early teens watching what could only be described as like stupid guy movies. Sure. Because I was friends with what um, has now on the internet come to be known as a bunch of hot couch guys. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but we, we won't go too much in, too much further into that because I want to get into this. You sure. know what we can do? We can do stories from Riley's sort of teenage teenage period uh as in installments like dickens but for like a fat a fat teen like me if you can just wait 50 years those will be very nostalgic and charming they will be my shall we say gentle regrets (laughs) (laughs) foreshadowing of the content delightful okay so one what happened uh last week was a group of i guess we could say people um, mm-hmm. had decided to, in celebration of Guy Fox Night, which for our American listeners is when a bunch of the guys, the guy who was the basis of the V for Vendetta mask, um, did V for Vendetta by trying to blow up Parliament. Uh, and then and they now, were like, how do we own this guy? By naming a camp fireworks holiday after him where children wave little fiery wands. Yeah. Now it's a fireworks holiday where people like burn effigies of stuff and whatever. This group of people, who unsurprisingly are members of their local conservative club, um, decided to burn an effigy of Grenfell Tower uh, complete with uh, sort of not clearly non-white figures taped to the windows um, trying to get out. This is, and then it said, uh, you could hear this in the background because they taped it on a WhatsApp video that was then leaked. Um, they then said, this is what you get for not paying your rent. Cool group of people. Which is a really dumb landlord own because like if someone's not paying their rent, like burning down the house isn't a good way to punish them because you own the house. That's how being a landlord works. It's not like, you know. Yeah. It's really fucking bleak and it's really grim. And I, I was saying I saw somebody, I can't remember who it was, but someone I follow and Omar on Twitter saying that like there is a very clear over- overlap between people who do not want people to be punished for having done this, but want to imprison people for burning a poppy. And it is a bit like, like how can you possibly defend this just because you're like, well, I guess I'm coming out to bat for my team and my team is old cunts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the reason why burning a poppy should be illegal, Josie, is because it's a waste of good heroin. (laughs) You see, I would never be caught burning a poppy. Cooking one in a spoon, sure. But setting fire to one of these. That'll ruin it. You're going to just generally it. And so, predictably, the right wing press uh, has largely come out in defense of these people. Of course, they always do. They always find a reason um, because they have now been uh, arrested on a public order offense, which is basically. A why it's sort of like a wide law that you can interpret a lot of different ways, but sort of intent. It's it's a lot of hate speech falls under it, I believe. Stuff like stuff like yeah. if yeah, it's the kind of law where imagine someone from New Zealand going, "Hey, stop being a dick." It's one of those laws. It's yes, kind of. It's <laughs> that's basically that's, from that's New basically the legal precedent for it. Yeah, but it, I mean, fine. And the thing is, I try not to get up in arms about people making jokes. And to be honest, I can't even say I support a prison term for them just because I don't support prison. Generally, I try not to be a hypocrite about that, but and also it's still like a dumb as fuck thing. Like these people are clearly callous assholes, but they haven't actually done anything to anyone. It's just like they're just pricks. Well, that but the 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 stance of the you might say the right wing commentariat is that oh we may be offended, but oh your 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 desire not to be offended trumps my desire 
uh, sorry, trumps my desire to my free speech. I'm so, so bored of that. I'm so bored of that being trolled out every off. five fucking minutes. No, because it's been going on. Like, that's their whole brittle, flimsy fucking argument is like, oh, you're also offended. And it's like, no, it, people are just bullied by you online to the point of having to withdraw from public life. Or there's people who have literally been murdered that you're disrespecting to such a full extent that you probably need to be in some way shamed for it. Yeah. Otherwise, it will be seen to be like supporting it. It, it. Oh my God. It's so tiring. And I also want to be like, guys, I am literally never offended by you cunts. I'm just bored. And like uh, people, other people's lives are made impossible by you. It's yeah, what they I do. wish they were offensive, like in yeah. an excited. No, I don't. I, uh, Although I am constantly thrilled by how dumb they are, I do enjoy. <laughs> I, I think it would be a shame if they stopped doing it because it's such a joy. Like I'm, <laughs> saying, like I'm like, wow, people spent like it was quite an intricate effigy. Like people spent like hours building that to be like, oh, we're gonna own those fire victims, and you're like, what? Like what's going through these people's minds? They're like fifty. What am I fifty? You know, if it, he should go on a ceramics course. Well, yeah, yeah. I, the, the, um, mere, the mere ephebic effigy building of a man of only fifty. <laughs> um, he was remember he's uh, it's he's a young man of only fifty. He doesn't know better. Um, yeah. And also, he did it ten years ago when he was only forty-five. No one was exactly. mad then. Yeah. Uh, so I actually have some details on some of these people. Uh, they've been named. Uh, there's Clifford Smith, who is surprisingly a buy to let a buy to let landlord. Oh wow. Um, Stephen Bull, the 55-year-old owner of a removals firm, so a small business tyrant. But then, big, best of all, Paul Bozzetti. Uh, Bozzetti no. is also a landlord who owns an 8 million pound block of flats in Clapham from which he makes over 30,000 pounds a month, which oh, he that's purchased. That's like half what I make. <laughs> Damn, he's almost making it. <laughs> He's, be- but it's not- he's believed to have used the four million pound inheritance that he got from his father, who was found murdered in a suitcase after a dispute with a tenant. What? <laughs> murdered in a tenant? suitcase. So wait, hang on a minute. So the implication of that is not that his body was found in a suitcase, but that he was found to have been murdered in the suitcase. No, he was found murdered and in a suitcase. There I was, just relaxing in my suitcase <laughs> when these bastards come along, right, and they start having at me with his pickaxe. So this, but and and Pizzetti, where they, they took place at his house in South Norwood. Uh, if you had that much money, why would you live in fucking South Norwood? I used to live in West Norwood. It's the shittest place I've ever lived. Because Bagel it. King fam is well good. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's got so much money, South fucking Norwood. I know what? it's bizarre. Absolutely, see that's the problem he's with money in general. It's the least Can't... metropolitan elite part of London. That's why. <laughs> well, that's the Can't buy class. That's no. the thing is that they are is that this is a guy with a Range Rover with a custom license plate on it. Uh, we don't know what the custom license plate is. C zero C K. Almost certainly Ooh. that or a slur. <laughs> so it's turf. That's his... <laughs> I don't think he knows what that is. <laughs> I, no, I reckon he's... he's the guy who owns the BMW I saw the other day, the number plate of which was Big Bucks, spelt with an X. Oh, wow. Like, you're in the UK. Who says Bucks? Like, that's, little, that's like something my mum would say. Like, oh, he's earning Big Bucks. <laughs> and, and he's then, making them bigger bucks. <laughs> he, uh, and at Bazzetti's house, so, on the outside is a big sign that says Party Animal. Do you know what? That's easy to find. There can't mm. be that many party animal houses in <laughs> South Norwood. I'm sure. South not with Norwood. a bunch of white dudes living in them anyway. <laughs> South fucking Norwood. Like it, next to that will be like the South Norwood boating lake or some shit. And then there's this mm. big house. But I'm it's looking at it. It's a big house. It's a, it's a half million pound house. 
I read all of this on the new woke Daily Mail. Oh my god! Yeah, thanks, um, comrades. Yeah. So, but this is this this is this group, and then they also like got their kids doing it. Their eighteen, nineteen year old kids uh, to largely, and again for almost no, an enormous amount of effort for basically no payoff other than a series of like now legal troubles that they're in. They just really wanted to try being owned online. They were really enthusiastic about giving it a go. Yeah, um, and because then these are all so again surprisingly members of the conservative club, guys who look like they sort of take a yearly vacation to Mallorca to go like jet skiing, like that's who this and is. And buy expensive fancy shirts from a man who saw them coming. <laughs> I genuinely know someone who says every year he would go to Mallorca, and there was this like uh, like gentleman's fashion store on there that would clearly get sent like the worst shit from like Prada and whatever that no one would buy, and this guy would buy it every year, and he'd be like, oh yeah, this shirt three hundred quid, and it'd be like a canary yellow shirt with some horrendous print on it it'd be like it may have cost you money but that does not make it good <laughs> and that's the thing um is that brendan o'neill has carried a lot of water for this particular group of shitheads um he has said it's like a right-wing camel <laughs> he is all camels are right-wing oh because they're assholes They've got terrible personalities. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you've had history with camels yeah, yeah. My uh, landlord is a camel. No, oh. <laughs> couldn't make sense. I'm um, tired. Yeah, that's fine. I, I, I enjoyed it. Never. It was good. Winning. Thank you. We tried. We yeah, tr- exactly, oh, delightful. Yeah, delightful yeah. bit of whimsy. In the oh, I tired for a day when you could be whimsical for a camel. <laughs> and that, Brendan O'Neill. Why has nobody created a fictitious story for Brendan O'Neill to back yet? Like, why are there not enough people posing as the authentic white working class that he loves so fucking much? Uh, why aren't, why is nobody taking him for enough of a ride yet? Like he'll sign up for everything. This is your job, guys. I'm a busy working mother of one. I dressed up as a camel for Halloween and the Muslims are saying it's cultural appropriation. <laughs> exactly. And he'd be like, I'll defend you to the death, you see. <laughs> I've got the right umpire. Anyway. Well, that's, superb. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's the thing. He, he came out... Um, uh, writing an article saying this was bad behavior, sure, but does it deserve a prison term? Not because he's a prison abolitionist, but because he ultimately thinks he wants it to be excusable. That essentially that this is just tastelessness. Um, and I think I'm, I, for one, am very tired of reading Brendan O'Neill's articles uh, because I realized they could just be written by an AI at this point because he always does the same thing. Uh, free speech is valued by the real working class, who are, by the way, who are these people, this group of landlords and small business sirens, just because they, you know, like, they're party monsters who have bad taste. That's what he thinks the working class is. Well, he wants, yeah, he wants the idea of what might be working class to be entirely divorced from the idea of labor, uh, not even labor as in the party, the idea of laboring, working, and and also entirely devoid from how much money you may or may not have. So the people that are left are uh, millionaire Landlords. Phil Green. Yeah, who, yeah, exactly. People who hate the working class. Oh, Calling him so- Phil Green makes him sound like a minor soap actor. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the, that's the thing. Like James Dellingpole or Brendan O'Neill will consistently come out in defense of Phil Green because they're like, oh, yeah, he's the working class boy made good. So you can be a working class billionaire to these people. Of course, it makes zero but sense. What that means because his entire shtick is just 
a reaction from that basis, we've decided to set a little challenge for the listener. Instead of me reading from Brandon O'Neill's articles and us saying, oh yeah, what a dumbass, like we've done so many times before. It's a shame because I was really looking forward to saying cunt multiple times. We'll still do that. (laughs) We actually have a challenge where between us, one of me and Milo has the real Brandon O'Neill article and one has an article that we have written. I mean, they're going to be able to tell the difference. It's like... <laughs> um, so, Milo, exhibit A. Because you don't know how bad what I wrote is. <laughs> <laughs> Milo, uh, well, now they now they figured it out. <laughs> I think maybe you, Milo. Can I just read my Brendan O'Neill article? Go for and, it. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Rosa Parks and the men who burned an effigy of Grenfell Tower don't have much in common. One is a well-known hero of the civil rights movement and noted bus passenger... The others are a roguish band of un-PC scaffolders and property owners. And yet there is one thing that binds them, being persecuted by the system for standing up to its norms. For sure, those burning an effigy of Grenfell didn't run the risk of being lynched for their resistance, but in so-called the online court of public opinion, are there not fates worse than death? These brave souls, unapologetically working class in the way they manage their portfolios of properties, are being hounded by the baying Twitter mob for nothing more than being real blokes who enjoy a beer, a burger and an effigy. Something the SJWs cannot permit. (laughs) The Corbynistas would have us believe that they're ushering in a new age of tolerance. But what does tolerance mean in a world where a group of men can't burn an effigy of a tragedy in the privacy of their own home and then gloatingly post it on social media? What will they ban next? Making your own gollywogs, expressing a thought crime opinion, or the noble sport of trouser ferreting? We are not Stalinists, they cry, and yet they are conducting nothing less than a show trial of these men. They would have us believe that these men are callous, burning an effigy of Grenfell Tower out of spiteful mockery. But where is their voice in this? We cannot be sure of their intent. Burning effigies has a long been a sign of tribute and reverence, from the pagan wicker man to the infamous burning cross of the Ku Klux Klan, who for all their controversies were undeniably staunch Christians. Today's so-called radicals do not believe in anything that could be called tolerance, only trance-like adherence to the groupthink of their so-called leaders. Truly, we live in a society, and that society is, as George Orwell said, 1984. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking... Uh, Nate, you want to clip that for the preview? (laughs) I knew you'd enjoy that. Sorry, just like, truly... We live in a society. <laughs> full stop. We absolutely you can't argue do. with it. That's, Indeed, that's the yeah. effigy I want to burn, actually, is I want to get a big, like, I want to burn a number of effigies. Sure. I want to burn one that's S O C I. You see where I'm going yeah. with this? I don't, but keep going. I'll get that. Oh,ism. You know? I've been right wing all the time. <laughs> Brendan O'Neill. Because I, when oh, I. Why does Brendan O'Neill ever get to say he is on and off? The left it is the most agon- antagonizing thing oh, in the, know the story. world. Oh, living Marxism, all yeah. that fucking. What is that? What is all of that if not a psyop designed to make people crazy? Like, how can anyone understand? Psyop is my favorite say? Pokemon. Br- Brendan, o- <laughs> Brendan O'Neill would be a CIA plant, except he's far too stupid to get recruited. <laughs> Um, so here are some of the lines from his actual article that he did write. Can I just say the other day I googled how do you work for MI5 just for a bit of fun, and then I thought <laughs> just for a bit of fun. Like, yeah. and then I thought I've already disqualified myself from working for MI5 by googling how do I work for MI5. But they've got this really weird um, video presentation about working for MI5, and one of them is like, 
I've heard that I can't have a family and work for MI5. And it's like, no, we've got a crash. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a family where we looked after by the world's best secret agents. (laughs) We've got got a crash where we have only the most most fun waterboards. I mean, water slides. (laughs) Crash always sounds like a portmanteau of creme fraiche to me. Oh, I got told off because I think I say crash. Me and my boyfriend keep having arguments about very minor pronunciations because um, we've got a baby and it's... Yeah. We would never have anything like that. Yeah, in that regard, you and your boyfriend are exactly like me and Riley. Who <laughs> <laughs> routinely just says things completely wrong. Oh, dis- distressing. Obviously. So the, the podcast is our baby and we mm. keep trying to feed it. Um, oh, I think we might have a visitor. It's Brendan O'Neill's biggest fan. <laughs> it's Brendan O'Neill. <laughs> oh, Hussein, you missed out on my Brendan O'Neill article. <laughs> But I am Brendan O'Neill and I wrote that article. Uh, um, Is he coming through? Uh, All I I would like to say is that if we distributed wealth to the lowest people in society, we wouldn't have a working class. That kind of is what he thinks. (laughs) Hello, my name's Hussein Kizvani. I have been on an interview for the past like 25 minutes. So I've been very rude to Josie, the guest. Hello, Josie. I'm a big fan. Oh, I'm a big Mm. fan of yours. I love following you online. Uh, Shall we leave so you guys can just fucking like (laughs) hang out and have a little session? welcome, Welcome to the bro pad. It's a real treat for me as a woman to be here. Oh, can I say also, I'm quite sincere, I think. And that's a real downer for being a comedian. But I'm, and that's probably my contribution at the moment is to be like, guys, what about this? Not saying anything <laughs> funny because I'm, but I'm, so uh, I didn't know that living Marxism was like really anti the environment. Oh like, yeah. What the fuck? They think that being what? an environmentalist is Trotskyite. Oh Jesus! They were Christ. so cool. they were like the least cool elements of they were like the elements of the left that hate our show for being too fun. Yeah, oh, I mean to God. be fair, the Soviet Union demonstrably hated the environment. At <laughs> least, <laughs> definitely, indeed, if not in word. <laughs> Good God! So didn't like, but didn't wait, like, wasn't there a period where the Soviet Union wanted to blow up the moon for like no reason other than that it was, ex- <laughs> other than, like, it, was it was like extremely angry at it? <laughs> or, or rename it like Lenin Moon? <laughs> we'll keep no, I'm, sending dogs. No, I'm, I, I'm very, I'm very sure that there were like there were some documents that were like un- unnerved like a few years ago, which said that there was a Soviet plan to blow up the moon for no other reason. But but to prove that they could do it. Brendan, Just in Brendan case there O'Neill, is a Nazi Brendan, movement. Brendan O'Neill writes, the Soviet plan to blow up the moon is nothing but Stalinist totalitarians. <laughs> um, the thought police say it's not cool to be a satellite. <laughs> but it's also an important part of free speech. I'll blow up the moon if I want to. <laughs> That's like Brendan O'Neill would say, if the, if the Soviet Union wanted to blow up the moon, he would say it's Stalinist totalitarianism. However, if he wanted to blow up the moon, it would be free speech. And if anyone tried to stop the Soviet Union blowing up the moon, that would be an imposition on free speech. (laughs) So so this is a selection, uh, if you can remember Milo's fake article, this is a selection from Brendan O'Neill's real article in Spiked, um, where he says, I cannot be the only person who finds the Metropolitan Police's promise to investigate the Grenfell Tower bonfire video. The Metropolitan Elite Police (laughs) uh, promise to investigate the Grenfell Tower bonfire video more chilling than the video itself. That's worse. It's worse that they're being punished for it. And he, of course, says, yes, the video is repulsive, but what kind of crime is being committed here? Saying disgusting things in your own back garden. Um, and he, I see a lot of children in my back garden. Yeah. So this is 
he says, some say the hate crime was committed when someone decided to take the video from a WhatsApp group and share it online, where others would have seen it and possibly felt hated by it. In which case, will the veritable army of virtue signalers from the political and media world who have been feverishly sharing the video and declaring their disgust with it also be questioned by the police for aiding and abetting this alleged hate crime? Yeah, they all will. <laughs> Anyone who shared that video is now under caution from the Metropolitan Police. That's So it's millions of people. It's created a three-year paperwork backlog for the entire Metropolitan Police. And what they've also done is they've closed down the murder and the grooming gangs uh-huh. units. Absolutely. And they've put all of their funding for the next six years mm-hmm. onto investigating people who've shared this video. Oh, and if Robinson. you complain about it, yeah. then you go to prison for being racist. Yeah, absolutely. You're to racist jail. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what's happened. Yeah. The serious fraud office is now being run by Tommy Robinson because he agreed to do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> you go you go to the spe- you go to the special racist jail where you're completely censored and you know you're censored because you're put on question time to talk about how you're censored. <laughs> We are in this. We're in, so this, but so this is basically his shtick, right? Which is you can't tell the difference between good and bad things. So we collectively should never do anything unless it is to maintain like some guy who looks like a thumb and lives in Watsford's and uh, Watford's right to say the n word. Oh, it's the drill tweet about drunk driving. Yeah, <laughs> That's basically, basically yes. Uh, um, I can't recall it. Tell me again. So it's um, uh, drunk driving kills so many people a year, but also it helps some people get to work on time. So we can't say if it's bad or not. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where like, it's like, it, I think Brendan O'Neill has a superficial point in that like, yeah, I don't think people should go to jail for stuff like this because I think people like this should just be socially censured. Like that is the appropriate response. This is a million people online calling you a fucking dumbass. Like that is, a, that is, an appro- that is a punishment that perfectly fits the crime. And therefore like the police are kind of investigating it because they have to because it falls under the remit of like a very broad law. But if anyone did actually go to jail for this, I'd be a bit like, well, that seems excessive. Oh, here's the problem though. Because he says this is just giving offense. This is Brendan, Brendan's point. This is giving offense and we're criminal and giving offense because we're so easily offended. Again, even though he thinks white male is the worst slur. Um, I mean, is he it not? wrote an article to that effect. A whole article. That was a headline. But what he should have written is after he said white male is the worst slur, he should have put in brackets that I will ever hear directed at me. Close brackets. That's not even true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I could think of 10. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here's the thing. Like just this morning, uh, a Tommy Robinson supporter got arrested for spitting in a young Muslim girl's face. And when we strive for this kind of neutral even-handedness, right, like even in the face of something sort of so diffuse as this, at some point we have to decide, like, no, we as a society are basically like realizing that this fuels a culture of like contempt and dehumanization that we're just not going to put up with. Like, at, sure. at, some, at some point you have to make it, like, at, you can't not, because Brendan O'Neill's whole thing is making a big show of never making a moral stand. He always does, but he makes a big show of saying, oh, no, it's not, there is no moral thing we can do. We have to play by rules, and the rules should be limited. But at some point, at some point, when, it, when we get to this phase, some, you, you either take a moral stand or you're completely incoherent. I agree. Yes. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Yeah, like, um, it, it's a joke. Like him and Delingo, all of them. You just, uh, that's all I have to say. Yeah, they're, they're, they're complete parodies. Yeah, they are. They have no, but also to the extent that I'm like, this can't, he can't believe all, like, what's he fucking, what's he have for breakfast in the morning? Do you know what I mean? Like, is everything he does so contrary? Well, he claimed that he, he his identity politics is one of an Irish peasant. 
Wow. <laughs> but then, do you know what? This <laughs> is the worst like thing. Going out in Halloween in sackcloth and Brendan O'Neill's like, my culture is not your costume. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm really disgusted by libertarians who have the goal to live in a city and benefit from like public transport and shit like that. If he really does identify uh, as an Irish peasant, which is so offensive, why doesn't he go and live in like a bothy in the middle of nowhere and have the courage of his fucking convictions? Irish peasants didn't do a lot of posting. No, there was no shit posting at that time. When you think of it, right, Brendan O'Neill's core grift is just basically being a contrarian and saying that, oh, he's the only one who speaks for the working class because he thinks that the working class are these kinds of people, the kinds of people who live in South Norwood and have a Range Rover with a custom license plate and are members of the conservative club and just have bad taste. He basically has confused class with having bad taste and thinks that it's his or alternatively just like repellently regressive um, like political you know, just views, but the ways you act in them as well. He's conflated all of that with working class because he sees anything either refined or um, unrefined but progressive as um, condescension. And it's like, don't you dare, it's it's like, don't you dare give the working class money because you'll erase their identity, as Hussein said earlier. It's small C class, isn't it? It's like, uh, it's these people have no class. Undoubtedly true. Um, but that's also that, I think that's a confusion we get into by like, we're, we're operating on like a more like economic definition of class, which works. The only in, one. Which works, in, right, yeah. But that's like, it works in every other country except Britain, it, like linguistically, because in Britain you also have a class system, which is not defined by that in the same way. Like, so actually the British class system does not mean class at all in the way that like uh, Marxism talks about class. Like, so in a way he might be right that some of these people are like working class in the like British definition of the term in terms of being like not educated or like of a certain of a certain social milieu right because we think in those I'm not saying this is good I'm just saying that like British people think in these terms and that's it's why it's so contradictory and it's so shifting and it's so used used by anyone to embody anything it's so pointless it's it means so... you know what it means it means were you working class in the 1970s Oh, that's yeah, that what it is. Good. It's were you working class in the 1970s? Did you like to go down the pub and play darts and watch Allo Allo or whatever? And then you made a lot allo, of. Allo. Or I, I saw a post allo, about allo. it recently. It doesn't matter that you're yeah. that you're uh, an absolutely super wealthy elite yeah. now. It doesn't matter that your children go to university. It doesn't matter this, that, the other, because you earned it in the 70s. Yeah. When let's not forget there was rubbish in the streets. Yeah. That's what they all fucking when say. When men were men. Yeah. <laughs> Three day like, week. Was- I used to eat coal. <laughs> And the best part about it being the 70s is that literally anyone under 38 wasn't there. So you can say whatever the fuck you like and no one can have a comeback. Yeah. And then they were born. As soon as they were able to speak, they started telling me that I couldn't couldn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) You've only just started talking. You're already trying to define the terms. In the 70s. We're going to put out with it. (laughs) So that's right. Thatcher. You could buy beer in a paint tin. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what what happened is you were born. You were born. You got rich. You were working class in the 70s. Um, You took advantage of. By the way, 1976, the most equal the best year yeah. for equality that the United Kingdom has ever had all of yeah. those cunts benefiting from the 20 years prior of us vaguely trying to redistribute then becoming a landlord under Thatcher yep. and according to Brendan cunt. O'Neill you're still a working class now yeah. because working class is something you're born with it's like fetal alcohol syndrome but that's what he wants because he wants to say no no I'm authentic working class mm-hmm. sorry I just totally was like you've made a joke there but I'm going to say very sincerely <laughs> that is what Brendan O'Neill wants also like, it's just such a clear point. If you make your money off other people, you're not working class. 
It's not work to be a landlord. It's not work. Even if you moan about it, it's not work. It's other people's work. That's the clearest, most basic thing. I don't know. You have to like call the guy about the boiler <laughs> like within a week of them complaining about I mean, it's and pretty And then you can taxing. tell them like that they won't get a reduction in rent and you're not going to do anything about it. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, so, and all that all that takes time. So if I can off- offer the, the patented TF summary of this section, these people definitely should go to jail, but for the crime of being landlords. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. All right, so I want to I move on um, to uh, Roger Scruton. Roger Scruton. Ro- <laughs> Thank you, Hussein. <laughs> That's the- <laughs> it definitely hasn't been made like a thousand times I mean, this look, week. look, honestly, it's going to be the episode title. I'm sorry, everybody. Rogering and screwing a ton with Roger Scruton. Um, so, anyway. who is who is Roger Scruton, and why? Oh, why the fuck are we talking about him? Uh, Valid questions. Roger Scruton uh, has recently been named to a, uh, I guess you might call it a quango. It's sort of quango esque. Um, not quite a kumquat, not quite a mango. <laughs> not quite a kumquat, not quite a mango. It's but like a somewhere kumquat. between a quince and a mango. Ooh. Oh, lovely. Mm. How do you tell when that's right? I've never had a quince before. <laughs> well, you can't bite into one. You can't? No, it's made into a jelly. Yeah. How I see. This is why it would be a quince and a mango put together would be uh, like a... It'd be like a lovely... Like the like thing man- that spins and spins because it's got oppositional things in it. Like a mango pudding. No, it would never... Because you'd be waiting for the mango part to ripen, but the quince part... you. Would overripe it. Oh, I see. Okay, mm, wow. This is what yeah. I'm willing to bring to the podcast: overly adult analyses of whimsical fruit-based comments. And that's actually what Roger Scruton has been appointed to the head of. <laughs> if you know what a quince is, you're not working class. That's how that works. <laughs> I know what a quince is. <laughs> what if you're I run not working a... class? Right? I hate to break it to you. What if I run a quince you farm? You have like four degrees. <laughs> So, so Roger Scruton has been named to the Building Better, Building Beautiful Commission, which no one heard of until now because he was appointed to it and it's all over the news. Um, so I'll, I'll sort of outline this a little bit. The purpose of this commission is to, quote, tackle the challenge of poor quality design and build of homes and places across the country and ensure as we build for the future, we do so with popular consent. Sounds fine. It's a Tory quango. So, of course, it's very, very insidious. Now... Just let's park that for a second and let's think of who is Roger Scruton. Uh, I've got a brief little biography here, but think of a skinny Uncle Monty without um, any of the sexual proclivities. He is a skinny heterosexual Uncle Monty. I don't know who Uncle Monty is. Oh, oh, yes, I do. Yeah, from Withlow and I. <laughs> yeah, no, it, this is that's what's so good about not sleeping is you're like you feel like you're adrift in a sea of meaninglessness, and then suddenly your brain will just open up and go, "Oh, you have lived." And then that's, that's, that's all we have. So he, so, so all so British listeners will know who I'm talking about. Sure. American listeners, hold on. As desperate, as sweaty. That's I'm, I'm, wait. Are we talking about Uncle Monty or Roger Scruton now? Roger Scruton. Yeah, Roger Scruton. I say, if you um, don't know who Uncle Monty is, do the reading. We release handouts with this show for a reason. Uh, so he dense with knowledge. Yeah, he is. He is skinny heterosexual Uncle Monty. But what we what do we mean? Roger Scruton is a septuagenarian, former professor of philosophy and other like, aesthetics at various elite universities and also Cambridge. And generally, hey, fuck you, pal. <laughs> and generally, a quote unquote conservative public intellectual. And he's very hard to introduce because he has terrible ideas in basically every discipline. He has written about every, every almost everything. He's written about uh, sort of sexuality, politics, society, aesthetics, every, and it's always really just really terrible. Um, and 
he basically just gives a respectable veneer to like every shitty reactionary point of view out there. He's he, Paul Joseph Watson's like favorite philosopher. There you go. <laughs> like, he's actually said this. He's like Roger Scruton is my favorite philosopher ever. Yeah, he is a darling of the alt right. Um, he's philosophy for dummies. He actually wrote a, a book called Philosophy for Intelligent People. Yeah, I was just about to say, he's written a book called wow. An Intelligent Person's Guide to Philosophy. There we go. And it might as well just like have a subheading, which is like, <laughs> it's like so fucking smug and shit. I remember when I was 20, I bought a book by a guy called Tibor Fisher called Don't Read This Book If You're Stupid. And I was like, what an incredible title. It's the shittest fucking book. It was about stand up, and he'd obviously never done a gig in his life. And I was so angry. And this is exactly that. It's like, Oh, I'll buy that book because I'm intelligent. It's like, you're fucking not. You failed test number one. Test number one is you think you're so fucking clever that you're going to buy an intelligent person's guide to philosophy written by one cunt. Also, can I also oh, say- Nick Cohen. Nick Cohen wrote a book called Don't Don't Buy This Book or something. I'm going to look it up now. Oh, yeah. God. Um, of course, everyone's always trying Nick to Cohen shut up- Nick Cohen wrote it, so you shouldn't. Everyone's <laughs> always trying to shut up Nick Cohen and, you know, because he's being censored from his bully pulpit in oh, the no, national he, press. He was like, he was like, you can't read this book, which I guess is like a sort of in a similar vein. <laughs> it's written in China. Oh. Yeah, I was like, is, it, is it written in linear B? Um, in which case, no, no, I, linear A. Linear B was decoded. Oh, yeah, we have the Rosetta Stone. Also, yeah. 2015, he published Fools, Frauds, and Firebrands, Thinkers of the New Left. I wonder what his opinion is. You can't even feel it. For fuck, like, with things no, like that, you want to be like... Because here's the thing. Uh, I'll get into some of his shitty points of view in a sec, but Roger Scruton is... The kind of conserv- uh, the kind of public conservative that only an aristocratic society can generate, um, because when you think of it, all American conservatives have been forged in the fires of capitalism. Even if they are pampered fancy lads, they're brought up to believe that they have to be business success individuals. <laughs> like think about um, think about Wyatt Coke with the Fat Guy Shirt Company. You know. He's not just sitting there in contemplation of the greatness of European tradition. He feels like he has to get out there, hustle, and make a shirt company that yeah. sells bags of money and They're stuff. They're not into effeminate stuff like doing a Nazi interpretation of Plato. They're into like real <laughs> man stuff like riding your jet ski over black people. Um, <laughs> fuck. So, so, what, so Scruton is this sort of just weepy bellend who is just exists in a sort of fainting couch and just and he wrote he literally wrote a book called Gentle Regrets which sounds like what you <laughs> describe as like getting jerked off in a punt. It sounds like something Matthew Holness wrote genuinely as a joke like <laughs> right, so Gentle Regrets. Also Roger Scruton is somebody uh, so I did an English degree at Oxford and it feels <laughs> not trying to boast guys. Um and it feels like in that kind of deeply conservative world he was someone I should have read, didn't even fucking bother reading. And that's to me is like where he is. He's like, oh, I didn't even bother looking at you because you were so boring and shit. He's a version of Brendan O'Neill that says heretofore. <laughs> mm. He's a version of... Uh, right? does, does Brendan O'Neill not say heretofore? Uh, maybe. I'm sure he does. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so um, he claimed Islamophobia is a made-up concept, that eugenics is a beautiful science that All has been left behind. made-up concepts. <laughs> there's, there's no authentic concept that was discovered. Oh, sorry, I didn't know we were dealing with a, with a non-Platonist. <laughs> That's here. the nature of... Con- oh, yeah, what to be fair. fucking pre-Socratic? <laughs> you're right, you're right. There's the word of forms. But there's no form for Islamophobia, is that his argument? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he is a fucking Platonist. <laughs> Most fascists are. The best kind of Islamophobia. The one that all other kinds of Islamophobia strive towards. <laughs> we are merely in the cave looking at shadows of Islamophobia. 
Um, also, can I, I like, I, I was trying to articulate this earlier and not well enough. Like, he was born in 1944. Like, he's too young for this shit. He's already outdated by the time he's 20. Like, he should have been born in 1924. And then I'd be like, oh, you're a Nazi. That's what you are. You grew up in the 20s. But he was born in the 40s. So, like, in the 60s, he's like, he comes into the 60s, 16 years old, and he leaves it 26 years old. That should have had more effect on him. Oh, I know who he is nowadays. Nowadays, he is an extremely rational forum poster who carries a cane as an affectation to his first year English class. I mean, oh, I know that guy. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is like his moment, right? He's one of those guys that if he was like 20 or 30 years younger, he would be online demanding that we debate him and getting really mad when we were like, send us feet pics or sign up to the Patreon. <laughs> sign up to the debate me tier on Patreon, Roger Scruton. Um, and he would be like a member of War Plan Purple and he would make two, two and a half hour videos about how Starship Troopers... Um, is actually this really complicated story rather than just a story about guys who love boobs and space. Hussein, is this inspired by a real Twitter exchange maybe, we had? Maybe it is. I um, don't know. So here are some of his other ideas. Uh, homosexuality is just masturbation because it's between two like uh, entities. Pepecents. Um Yeah, no, that's pretty normal, yo. When you get the guys around, when you're fucking each other in the ass, it's basically just jacking it because it's not gay, okay? That's the important thing. Date that rapists. truly until... is the same argument. It's, it's not gay if you say no homo beforehand. If, if you... Like in prison, you get a pass because there's nothing else going on. So, you know... Holy shit, yeah. Roger, Roger Scruton's philosophy is just basically... No homo. <laughs> I would love it if that was the content of his book that was called something like... <laughs> on sexuality, no, no, he wrote one. No, it was called one. like, on aesthetic ideas of personhood and beauty. And then the first page is like, if you scream no homo, it's fine. <laughs> Jacking it for intelligent people. <laughs> <laughs> Roger, Roger Scruton is definitely the person who has, who's, who, who like has a posh wank as like a daily thing. <laughs> he, pow- so- he powders his fingers. He's got like a reusable condom from oh. the twenties. Oh. Oh. He like he like he washes out and keeps in corn flour. Do you know what he it. does? He sterilizes it in Milton. As a, oh, as a new yeah. mother, I can tell you, it's the cheapest best way to sterilize. Oh, no, he wouldn't sterilize anything on the cheap. He's a fancy man. <laughs> oh, he, believes, he believes in the right of some people to be fancy. Trash Shooter is sponsored by Milton Disinfectant Products. <laughs> Um, do you live in a filthy leftism den? <laughs> Trash Future is actually sponsored by Akko, the Japanese restaurant near me, where the owner said I could have a free dinner if I said this. Wow. It's really good. It's on Broadway Market. I think um, this counts as, as misusing the podcast. <laughs> Shut up. Do you know who he looks like? He looks like Kathy Bates. Ooh. But Kathy Bates, if she was like playing a very particular part. Mm, like um, if Kathy Bates was playing a 17th century lord which I would commission. Um, <laughs> Sorry, this is such, is, a, is, is, is such a waste of all of our like time. The one who was in Fried Green Tomato. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, maybe he looks like Tilda Swinton. I, I, what I'm saying is he could definitely he be played. He does look like oh, Tilda Swinton. He looks exactly like Tilda Swinton. Yeah. It, it Holy f- shit. No, yeah. I'm seeing it in my head right now. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so fascist Tilda Swinton has been appointed the head of this commission. It's like, what if Tilda Swinton was playing John Hurt? That's the- <laughs> yes, exactly. Which- you get Roger Scruton. <laughs> like in in my mind, the sort of the two targeting reticles that have been just sort of dancing around Roger Scruton because I'm piloting a Gundam have just like locked, to- <laughs> locked together, and I've got the beep that lets me know I'm target locked. Mm-hmm. He's he's Tilda Swinton playing John Hurt. <laughs> um, so here are some of the other terrible things he has claimed. Uh, date rape isn't a real thing. It's just uh, the man moving too quickly through the process of courtship. It's a made-up concept. Um, sexual harassment is just a sexual advance made by an ugly person. Um, and that an international Jewry is inherently opposed <laughs> to the nation-state project. 
Oof. So this is wow. the guy. That's a take. The cons- and the conservatives, when questioned on all of this, when pulled up on all of it, said that Roger Scruton is a public intellectual and an experienced aesthete, and we are glad to have him on the commission. An experienced aesthete. <laughs> have you looked at his hair? <laughs> also, that's the word. You don't want an inexperienced aesthete. Absolutely not. You know? Doesn't you know, know what someone who's like, I've seen one beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I've ever seen, one. I don't know nothing about no beauty. <laughs> yeah, I've got Yo. one couch. Hey. I think oh. that's a nice ass, but like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I've not seen that many. <laughs> and some of them definitely weren't good. But also, like, if it's really fucking um, galling that they're coming out being like, all of these buildings that have just been hurried out just for money making. We need to stop. It's like, you've been in government. For, like in London, it was fucking mm. Boris Johnson that... Did it, guys? You've done well, it. Here's the, the thing. It's coming from inside the house. I'll, I'll do a little preview on what this commission's <laughs> interested in. What they're actually interested in doing is preventing the development of lots of homes so that instead we can have uh, jo- fancy Georgian terrace houses and charming little cottages. They want to restrict mm. the amount of homes they're going to build so that we can have ones that are from the past. Wait, are you saying that cottages are not the future of urban planning? (laughs) Thatched roofing, surprisingly, is actually on the way out. Can we have high-rise cottages? (laughs) Where there's just an apartment and then a layer of thatch and then another apartment. (laughs) Um, No, it's cottages built onto a metal superstructure. Oh, yeah, that could work, actually. Then you don't have to compromise. Josie and I are going into business together. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to become landlords. We're going to become landlords. I'm I'm an experienced aesthete. That's like aesthetic. My boyfriend said aesthetic was pronounced aesthetic. No, I mean, maybe you're thinking of aesthetic. No, no, no. no, It is is pronounced aesthetic. That's right. Aesthetic. No, it fucking can't be. It's got an H in it. Yeah, but Roger, Roger, help us. Yeah, it's but it's because it's from it's because it's from Greek and like the Greek theta wasn't really pronounced like our th. It was more. It was pronounced harder. So like it was pronounced. It was like an aspirated t. So it was like. Kind of, you still like aesthetic then? Aesthetic, surprisingly. I don't know. I mean, it's it's of course also an anglicized pronunciation, but yeah. (laughs) You tried to Milo's classical languages corner. You tried to own me for saying Walter Benjamin last week. Well, yeah, it's because you can either call him Walter Benjamin or you can call him Walter Benjamin. You can't have it both ways, not, Riley. I call him Wally Benz. <laughs> that's great. That's better. I actually Look, prefer that. It's all about, <laughs> official name like, from now as on. As my favorite Frankfurt School rapper said, it's all about the Benjamins. Oh wow! <laughs> Thank you, everybody. That deserved exactly what it got. So basically, <laughs> don't you dare, Nate. So, Nate, no, you know Nate. What to do. don't do it. Don't do it, Nate. <laughs> so, um. Basically, uh, what happened is he got announced this appointment. People then went through all of the stuff he said, gathered evidence that he is unfit to serve in a modern democracy because he thinks that most of the people in it aren't people, Oof. it would seem. Um, and so, of course, now, of all of Wouldn't the, be welcome in Canada, all the right-wing sure. outrage journalists that we've talked about, AIs could write most of their articles, except the guy who leapt to Roger Scruton's defense. No AI could replicate the insane inward turn sociopathy of Toby Young. Oh, yes, that's oh, true. Yeah. Because Toby Young <sighs> only writes about, like, Brendan O'Neill is a principled, principleless person. He wants to defend ideas. The ideas are all terrible, but he wants to defend them. He's consistent. Yeah. Toby Young only writes about things that affect him personally. Mm-hmm. Like He once wrote a whole article about him trying to ask his Alexa who he was and getting mad at the Alexa for not knowing or something. <laughs> so this 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 is him. And he opened an article 
saying that basically that we are not fit to lick Roger Scruton's boots. So what? So Toby Young wrote an article in defense of Roger Scruton, where he basically did his usual thing of saying that all the online outrage architects have dug up a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with housing. I, okay, these are all the people who like. If you say you know white people sunburn, we'll try to get you fired from a sandwich artist position. So sure. it, sure. it literally doesn't matter. Only housing slurs are allowed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, too tired. Right. <laughs> um, I just thought of a really terrible joke, and I'm not going to say it. Toby Young and Roger Scruton have something in common, which is they look like they look both like balls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're both two um, two, two balls adjacent. No, that yeah. Roger Ro- Toby Young is my balls before uh, vote before voting in the 2016 election. Uh, Roger Scruton <laughs> is my balls after voting in the 2018 election. <laughs> uh, Toby Young is just like dark Heston Blumenthal. <laughs> <laughs> like Heston Blumenthal gone wrong. Yeah. But what he wrote was, um, ahem, he or he quoted uh, Roger Scruton saying, once identified as right wing, you are beyond the pale of argument. Your views are irrelevant. Your character discredited. Your presence in the world a mistake. You're not an opponent to be argued with, but a disease to be shunned. Right. To which I say, yeah. Yeah. Firstly, yes, you have no friends. It's been clearly documented and parodied. We've all read the articles, we've all laughed about it. He's only there for day ones. He's not, you know. (laughs) But on top of that, like, why does he want people to like him so desperately? It's so disgusting. Like, like he's like, once you say you're right wing, left wing people won't like you. It's not fair. That's what he's saying. Why do you want people to like you who don't agree with what you're saying? All of these people want, like, government-issued... friends (laughs) friends <laughs> Toby Young is one of the only people who whenever he's involved in a controversy journalists will phone up his friends for comment and they'll go on the record just to clarify that they're not friends with Toby Young <laughs> Toby Young and uh, Roger Scruton have this idea of what it means to be an intellectual yeah. that's basically like uh, something to do with Plato or something I haven't read it like that's them <laughs> saying that be like, wear uh, fancy suits do wins and not ties yes exactly There's like stroke this, your beard they want to live in a rarefied world but they don't want to do the work and they're not clever enough so to what, do the work it's what? not Plato's Symposium yeah. it's not Plato's Republic it's Plato's Symposium where it's just sitting around with the boys talking about which young boys you'd like to fuck and then getting <laughs> yourself so horny that you have to go home and fuck your wife even though you think that's like not worthy of you <laughs> I mean Scruton's like, he's just like one of those, he's one of those guys who kind of like he romanticizes. he's like you know back here I'm trying to think of like what the phrase what the phrase would be but like someone who exists in a time that like he's not part of yeah it's um, doc brown from back to the future three no, it's it's a he is a guy who well what really happened is he says he was radicalized by 1968 in the other direction where he decided he hated the movement and the revolution and imagine, wanted he's like imagine he's like, that he's like neil ferguson neil ferguson says this too he's yeah. just like oh i decided to be a rebel in the 70s and 80s, so I became a Thatcherite instead. Yeah. Hang on. It's pronounced Neil, not Niall. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Aren't there two people? Isn't there a Niall Ferguson and a Neil Ferguson? We got it. We got to keep going. Keep going. <laughs> no, we, this we don't have time for this kind of dispute. <laughs> right. Um, so, so that what so he said, he he was disgusted by the idea of, of social change and he wanted to preserve the gifts that Europe had given us. He was, I guess, he was, he was the annoying young Tory who's trying to be overly precocious and suck up to all the people he thinks are in power, but is clearly just detested by all of them who actually can pull a lever of power. And he's waited fifty years, and now finally he's got three friends, one of whom is Paul Joseph Watson. <laughs> that's like all his payoff of all this time. Um, and he's going to build a high-rise cottage. You get to be friends. You get to be friends with an angry, angry man from Sheffield who never leaves, never leaves his house. 
Was now, that Nick Clegg? <laughs> but his house <laughs> is thatched. Hussein, yeah. you've mentioned that Scruton actually is much beloved of like Paul Joseph Watson yeah, yeah, and the alt-right. Yeah. And this is because like, so this is because of the way, this is all because to do with architecture, right? So like, um, so our listener of the show, Sarah Manavis wrote a piece about this, which was very good, but like it's, Hi, been, Sarah. Do- it's been documented for a while. Come on the show. <laughs> Come on the show. Come on the show. Um, so it was basically this idea that like, because these kind of online fascists, like they revere traditionalism. So they call themselves traditionalists, right? In the sense that they believe that women shouldn't work. And I mean, they're right. Look at me. I'm a mess. I can't yeah, think. Should, <laughs> no one should work. They, they, they yes. should, they, Leftists they, also believe that. Just no job, one should work. Their job is to rear children and boil meat and not eat Brazil nuts uh, for lunch. Uh, <laughs> is there Wait, a rule um, on how many? Because I was very specific. What's wrong with boiling so, meat? You know? so, so, so some of us live in guy households and other people fantasize about living in like, you know, old traditional houses, but they, they're not really quite, they're not really specific as to what that is because the interesting thing about Paul Joseph Watson is that he lives in like one of those ugly new builds in Battersea. Like, you know, those like Perspex glass sure. new builds the that like all the, to- like all the kind of management consultants buy and everything. But credit um, to him, he's really spruced it up with a nice map. <laughs> <laughs> it really has a basement sheet you know, to it. So, so, he, so, he, so he lives in this apartment and there, like, there are a couple of pictures of it on his Instagram and it's just like, Everything. He's on Instagram. He's on Instagram. Oh, great. He's on Instagram. Uh, Wait, yeah. look, at his, look at his cooking. It's like Wait. the funniest thing. Is he, oh my is, God. He doing, is he doing influencer stuff for like lip balms? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, look, look how luscious it makes my lips. He takes pictures of um, him yeah. making beans Prison on island. Beans Imagine on toast. Imagine my cock. So anyway, like, yeah, so he's so he lives in one of these like really ugly new builds, which like Roger Scruton would like you know, break down if like he had any strength or like blood left in his body. Um, but it's kind of like part of this wider online movement where they sort of fetishize like old buildings. They hate brutalism, like with a passion. Yeah, They uh, hate brutalism like so much. It's such an old um, take. That's like yeah. a 40 year old take. It is. Mm. I, Cause I actually read, I, I was reading an article about this in a design magazine called Design. It's very good. They were saying what he's done is he's re- basically still living in the culture wars of the eighties. All of these debates have been settled. Yeah. It's just there has been some curmudgeon, like who again is Grandpa Simpson, old yeah. man yells at well, cloud. It's part, of, it's part of the whole thing. Which is also the reason why they hate cities so much, right? And by extension, they hate the people who live in the cities. And who are the people who Wait, live in they cities? Hate England. Poor people. They live poor black and minority ethnic people live in parts of the cities where apartment blocks are, um, and where Perspex built like, where those type not even Perspex, but where those like old like you know Bruceless buildings are, you know. So for them, it represents like these buildings represent the ugliness that they see around them. And the way that you get rid of those problems is by getting rid of the built environment that exists. You know, any anything that kind of reeks mm. of. And the thing about these these types of flats is like, what were they initially designed for? They were designed as like social housing. Mm. So the place where I grew up in Thamesmead, like it's one of the first areas where there was a big kind of social housing project that was built using kind of breeze block. Um, you know, breeze block estate material. Uh, you know, and that's kind of one of the areas that they really, really dislike, but also is one of those places where it was designed specifically for poor people to move into as affordable mm. areas in and around London. Yeah, and so- that had social um 
come on brain had community aspects built yeah. into them and was thoughtfully and designed the, and the thing is they still exist like one of the big things that's happening in Thamesmead at the moment is the fact that you've got people you've got like communities who are fighting to kind of keep those buildings up yeah. because they want to knock from you know because developers want to knock them down and do the whole thing where like 25% of it stays as like social housing and the rest of it becomes like private rented stuff like is it Balfron yeah Balfron Tower in All Saints yes uh, it was next to yeah. the Robin Hood estate and they yeah. um yeah, they did exactly that with um that they went, oh, this is the bit that we can market and sell. Yeah. So yeah. what we'll do is we'll force everyone out of it and we'll yeah. allow the tiniest amount of yeah. people back here in the most tenuous it's, it's, conditions. It's very it's very classic classism in like the most and this is the thing, you're completely right in saying that this is a very boring this is like one of the most boring parts of the culture wars because it has gone on for so long. And it's irrelevant to what's being built yeah. now. And it's yeah. not like, and it's ignoring deliberately what's being built now and where yeah. the money is and why the regulations have been so and, and this is where like the Scruton philosophy is really, right? It's kind Scruton. of like Scruton, My man, Scruton, Scruton, <laughs> Scruton um, as the most working class person of the Trash Future host. And that says a lot about like the other two. <laughs> I don't know. I grew up in Essex. <laughs> I didn't even grow up here. Um, <laughs> Hussein and I are from very similar towns, like equidistant from- on either side of the Thames. I'm from Harlow in Essex. Okay. So, so before before I have to bounce out again, all I'm going to say is that, um, yeah, like for them, this is a, this is like very much this is like this is an aesthetic war, right? Mm-hmm. And if it's one that's just rooted purely in aestheticism, there is no kind of for them architecture doesn't really serve a social purpose. Mm-hmm. Homes don't really serve a social purpose. Their exteriors serve a aesthetic purpose for them to kind of believe that like the world that they exist in still exists in the way that they recognize it. But- and this is really what it is. It comes down to like their fear of like, you know, mm. questioning who they are. It's like this very strange, just, you know, existence that they live in being projected onto poor people. The thing about like about reactionary aesthetics, right, is that they would still hate falling water. Falling water is a luxury property built for a wealthy family by a star architect, the guy who like had a singular clarity of vision. Someone who these kinds of people who think that like individual genius moves our world forward as opposed to like social like social compacts and powers, they would love it. But they hate it because because they want kitschy bullshit. They yeah. want to live in the world of Brideshead Revisited. Mm-hmm. You know, well, this is why, like, when Hitler when Hitler was painting, he wasn't trying to like capture the sort of wild insanity of of the, like the Dadaist movement. He just wanted to paint nice cottages. I love that this has also included a critique of the art of Hitler, from a, like as if like there aren't bigger things to criticize. In case you were on the fence about that Hitler guy, have also you seen some of his bad paintings? It's always unimaginative. But, right, but it's it, but fascism loves kitschy bullshit of because course, it's all yeah. about this return, and that's it's part of the anger of it as well because they'll never be able to get what they want because what they want is stupid and would never work. It's imaginary, yeah, and so it's it's never going to be anything mm. but frustrating and making them well, angry. They and want also, to live. They want to live in like. Like one of those kids uh, kids shows where like a magical dog or a gnome takes you into the book. <laughs> they want to live in the world <laughs> yeah. of Wishbone. They want to live in a Richard Curtis film, uh, but not Four Weddings and a and Funeral. And yet it seems like we live, damn, they want to live in a Richard Curtis film, but we all live in an Adam Curtis film. Damn. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the other side of a podcast, in a seemingly unrelated incident. Um, no, it's in the other thing that these people do, which I think is like a, a running TF theme or a T theme, if we're going with the new abbreviation of the podcast, <laughs> is that they're like, they're so insane that they're almost close to having a woke opinion, but like they, they look at all the evidence, they draw the wrong conclusion. So like they're saying things like a lot of social housing 
housing in London was like originally built to be temporary and it's ugly and decaying and inadequate. True. Build better social housing. Build social housing that looks nice. Agree. But like social housing that looks nice doesn't have to look like a cottage. You can build like nice, modern, architecturally practical buildings that also look nice. I mean, for example, like if you go to Victoria Station in London, there's like a a horrific building that was built in the 80s out of concrete and glass, which genuinely looks like something from the fucking crystal maze. And it's like one of the worst things I've ever seen. Not even the good zones. No. And next to it, there's like a perfectly nice like glass and steel office block, like inoffensive looking. Like there was like a great example of like, but Roger Scruton would hate both. Yeah. (laughs) Like for the sin of being recent. But also would be useful to people who want to bash certain sectors of society and they would ignore the fact that like developers were mercilessly allowed to build things that were socially exclusionary and ugly during Boris Johnson's mayoralty. That was a hard sentence to say. (laughs) Yeah. So it's an important one. (laughs) (laughs) Like every important sentence, it was hard to say. Exactly. But I said it. it And you know, that's why Brendan O'Neill defends your rights to speak. Um, Mm. uh, He wouldn't defend any of our rights (laughs) to say anything. Um, So this is quoting. Brendan O'Neill loves something in all of us. Quoting from that article. Uh, They say this commission that he's been appointed the head of, surprise, surprise, is a, quote, vehicle for a patently ideological program to attack contemporary housing and undermine the architecture that underpins social democracy. It wants to erase the agency of architecture and planning um, that have hardwired progressive ideas into the fabric of the world, for example, plentiful, safe, accessible housing, and seeks to enforce a singular, ahistorical fantasy featuring a few fragments of architectural reference that appeal to blinkered, quasi-fascist old white men. Who said this? Because I love it. Is that you? (laughs) No, it was, I'll, I'll, I'll link the article in the description. It was. It's a fantastic article. I absolutely thrilled. Thank you for writing that. Whoever you are, it's punchy. It's good. I agree with it. It's sound. Um, and here's the. Sorry, and so whoever wrote that, you could have a date on your hands. Yeah. Says, uh, We're, we are asked to play a silly game where we look at a crap glass and steel commercial building next to a crap fiberglass Palladian one and decide which one looks nicer. No one's talked about this since the 1980s. Roger Scruton is an irrelevancy, and yet this government has decided to elevate him because that's what they think the problem of housing is, is that it's not sort of beautiful and genteel and cottagey and Palladian enough, not that people are homeless. Yeah, not that they haven't built any social fucking housing for 15 years. It's the same pop, it's the poppy logic, really, which is like um, friend of the show, Aaron Bastani, has been getting dragged on Twitter all day because he said the poppy appeal is worthless if it doesn't rehouse veterans. Why don't you just build homes for veterans? Why is it more important that you virtue signal, which is, that's what it is. That's what virtue signaling is. Still don't agree with using their terms. In a literal, true, but in a literal sense, we'll we'll leave that. Um, And is it more important to actually build homes for veterans or have a poppy? And everyone's like, oh, you don't support the troops because they're all really dumb. Um, But... That's his. That's the same thing where he's like, oh, is it more important to have a Palladian uh, facade mm. on like a playroom for your teddy bear that used to be on like, you know, where people lived? Roger Scruton would totally have a playroom <laughs> yes, for his teddy bear. Yes, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was just imagining him and um, uh, Toby Young together dressing up some teddy bears and putting them in a line and, and calling them things like Professor Snuffles and like having a debate with the teddy bears. And this is why we had the British Empire was so we could support this kind of lifestyle. 100% true. See, it go, and there's the weird thing. The, uh, the conservative aesthetic arguments, they go back as many sort of bullshit arguments about conservatism do to Edmund Burke, where he was like, look, mm. we need to have a stratified society so that the aristocrats can appreciate and generate beautiful things for everyone to then consume. 
sure. Makes perfect sense. Oh, Roger Scruton wants to live in like the court of Versailles in like 1750. Like that's where he's most at home, just playing the harpsichord <laughs> and wearing a ridiculous like AC Grayling wig. And, uh, he does not need a wig. <laughs> and talking to everyone about, yes, the nature of fine cheese. It's, uh, <laughs> it can be found in a beautiful melody or song or ghost. But this, the thing is, this leads to him to, ha- to t- convert these uh, opinions in uh, just hatred of everything new reflexively uh, into his social politics as well. So I pulled up a quote from him from an interview a few years ago saying his problem with social liberalism was this. Do I leave others unharmed, he says, when I destroy my capacity through for personal relationships through drug-taking, promiscuity, or porn addiction? Roger do, Scruton doesn't do anything that cool. Do I leave them unharmed when I stupefy myself with pop music? Oh, God. Oh, thank oh, God he's reigniting yeah. this 1950s debate. Like, that, what, oh, my God. What? How is this relevant? You're He's like, not even blaming video games. Like, it's not even up to the 90s. <laughs> Roger, Roger Scruton just really hates Charlie XCX. <laughs> He's found an old career on that basis. But again, this, but this, this is... This is first-year English student carrying a cane as an affectation guy. I only listen to classical music, actually. Yeah, but he doesn't listen to Radio 3 because that's too challenging. He listens to classic FM. So at least there's oh. fucking adverts and they play the same old shit. It's the, it's, that's what it is. He would want to say that he listened to classical music, but he wouldn't be interested in anything that was avant-garde yeah. and he wouldn't really want to engage with classical music. Like, it's fake intellectualism. He wants, you know what it is? Is he? Ju- he just listens to the same like um, he just listens to Vivaldi's Spring yeah, because exactly. it's so accessible. He listens to shit. It's fucking most boring turd bullshit. He's like, oh yeah, what's a, so? He, he and he's always walking up to all the girls in class, being like, oh, uh, pop music. Uh, what do you guys listen to? Your Miley Cyrus. I like Vivaldi. <laughs> he's on. He's on the YouTube comments for the Big Bopper's greatest hits. Going, <laughs> I'm only twelve, and I think this is great. I was born in the wrong generation. <laughs> <laughs> he says youth culture is an effect of social destruction not necessarily the cause of it but there is another culture of youth which is not destructive at all the attempt to recover folk music natural dancing and so on oh yes incredibly so normal on. dancing which people do to folk music yeah. involving dressing up in white and putting bells on your knees and like smacking each other with sticks yeah it's the most natural <laughs> form of dancing yeah. he's like oh I don't like all that singing about bitches and hoes he has a Sean Bailey opinion of rap music he's like I don't like singing about bitches and hoes I wish they'd people and kids could go to the club and Morris dance okay but there is yeah. a thing that is fucking with young people and that's YouTube but he doesn't speak out against that because YouTube are all telling him he's good right so he should be saying well children are literally being told about Holocaust denial on YouTube that's bad but instead he's like I'm thrilled about that. Yeah, maybe, we thinks, yeah, wear, good, yeah. <laughs> maybe we could get them to wear blackface. Not in a blackface way, in a folk dancing way. <laughs> uh, and so, so is he pro or anti the Tory councillor wearing blackface at the firework demonstration? Oh, he's pro, 100%, because he's, he would Let's not put our bets in, want people. that judged. Yeah. In the context of it existing, in context of the world, he would say, well, in 1593, people blacked up and it was fine. I have it. I think I have it. I think because he's pro-tradition, he'd be like, well, I'm for the tradition, but he could have used a finer paint. (laughs) That wraps up this week's episode of Scruton Under Scrutiny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so ultimately... 
you know, I'll, I'll sort of conclude this section with how the article concludes. Our housing crisis has almost nothing to do with aesthetics, modern or traditional, but rather is to do with land, wealth, and exploitation. This whole commission is an easy distraction from far bigger problems that the government have no intention of doing anything about. I'd just like to say I really agree with you. My DMs are open. <laughs> <laughs> and right, so Roger, Roger Scruton, fuck off. You are a complete irrelevancy and the only people who like you are basement dwelling nerds who sort of all all of whom carry affectation canes. But some of whom own nice maps. Some of whom own nice maps and I guess others of whom are in government. Cool. Yeah, very very awesome, guys. Basement dwelling you nerds have... in government. Which which government departments are in the basement? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Michael Gove, I can imagine, has a full set of Roger Scruton books hard bound in mm. folio boxes that he's never fucking opened. That's that's what we have there. Oh, that's, <laughs> they're all just like hollowed out and he like fingers. keeps hip flasks in them. Like that. <laughs> that's the Roger Scruton grift is none of the books have anything in them. But no one who'd buy a Roger Scruton book would ever open the book. Do you know what I like about that? Is one of the books is called How to Be a Conservative. And all, all I've been doing since finding that out is just imagining like inside the book, it just says like, be an old cunt or something like, you know, it's just like a big picture of an arse. It's, 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 it's how, to be, how to be a conservative is just basically um, to say that you don't like pop music. You wish people would folk dance more. Uh, do natural dancing, as he called it. Yeah. Also, he doesn't want, he doesn't really care about folk dancing. Like, he wouldn't go and watch Morris dancing and be like, bravo! He doesn't want to engage with anything in any meaningful sense, I, I imagine. I'm just imagining, like, the, 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 taking the idea that no one has ever read a Roger Scruton book further, that the inside of every Roger Scruton book is just like a randomly chosen other book that's had the text copy. <laughs> and, like, one of them is just Me and My Brothers by Charles Cray. On, on, the, way, on the way back here from my, from my other outing, um, I just remembered that there was like the people who read Roger Scruton, the ones who recommended that I read Roger Scruton were all like young Tories. And this was like young Tories back in 2010 to first, like during the coalition years. Before that so, was a SoundCloud rapper. Yeah, but yeah, before, yeah. Um, so, do you, so do you remember there was a documentary about like young Tories that came out around about that time? Yeah, because someone, someone I'd met at Cambridge was on it. Yeah. Um, oh, so he was, so they were, they were part of that whole circle. So yeah, I'll just end it there because I know that. So that's that's my story. That's my tale. No, I was really interested. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was. Uh, I think that's it for us today. Um, as that's ever, all you get, you hogs. <laughs> as ever, we have a Patreon. You can sign up to it. Uh, debate me. Debate me too. Yeah, we have mm. a debate me tier. If you want to argue with us, uh, we'll never argue with you until you sign up for the debate me tier. How and much one is payment it? goes twenty five dollars a month. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty fuck. sure I'm pretty sure there are a couple of people who have signed up for it just because they were so mad that they like they desperately wanted to debate. The Someone... only person I'll argue with is like the weird the weird centrist dad guy who blocked me because he just kept asking me if I thought my jokes were really funny and then I told him to eat my boy pussy. <laughs> and then he started arguing with you guys and like much the same thing happened and now I want him to unblock me so I can tell him to eat my boy he, pussy. He messages <laughs> me now because he is just like what do you have against wives? Yeah. <laughs> you're in gotta, the bucket we, of big wives. I gotta, I gotta, uh, I gotta yank this back on yank course back on, all right. because we need to say you gotta sign up to that Patreon. You get the second episode a week. We got some good stuff coming out. We have some good stuff in the back. You we can got learn some bad stuff coming out. You too. can learn why we keep saying guy household. Yeah. Um, also, I want to thank Josie. Thank you very much for coming on, guys. It's my real pleasure to come, be unfunny and sincere, to railroad your quips, 
uh, I just want you to know I'm thrilled to be out of the house. Yeah. Um, I'd like the young internet. Do you know what I realised about Twitter especially? It's about 20 people whose opinions I care about. And it's like all of like, like, like a small section of left Twitter. Everyone else, I will just be like, fuck off, you daft cunt. <laughs> Especially now I'm a mother. So that's Please where start I'm at. a podcast and call it that. <laughs> and also, you can commodify your descent with a t shirt from Lil Comrade. Uh, Edie, as you know, will print uh, anything you want on the T-shirt. Uh, why not get your favorite Roger Scruton quote? One of the terrible things he thinks, maybe, but put quotations around marks around it, or it's not irony. Because, 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 because of the terrible things he thinks. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he no, uh, that's oh, he is definitely a Wizard of Oz type. We didn't milk that enough. And finally, thank you to Ginseng for the use of our theme song. It's called "Here We Go." You can find it on Spotify. It's extremely good. And uh, yeah, that's going to be... It slaps as hard as Vivaldi. It, it's, it fucking slaps as hard as Vivaldi. Buffer. Roger Scruton hates it. Local Scrutons hate this, this song. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye.